focus will be on verses 1. And in in verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Uh, God has truly been speaking to me as we go through these seasonal changes and we're in a new season and as we get ready to come into the summer. So I want to spend some time focusing on the significance of this one scripture. My sermon topic for today's message is just these simple words. It's your season. Can you look at your neighbor and say to your neighbor, neighbor, it's your season. You see, I, 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 as, I, as I thought about this season thing and I did a little research, you see the earth tilt is the reason we have the different seasons. The seasons are caused as the earth tilts on its axis and travels in a loop around the sun each year. Summer happens in the hemisphere tilted toward the sun and winter happens in the hemisphere tilted away from the sun. As Christians, we go through seasonal changes as we grow spiritually. Our seasons change so that we can grow spiritually. You see, the seasons are necessary. Unlike the physical seasonal changes of the four seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall, where everyone is experiencing the four seasons together, depending on which side of the hemisphere they're on, In our spiritual season, we experience our seasonal changes at different times. It is not uncommon to be in the same season and get different results. If you just bear with me for a little bit, it'll all make sense. Paul, Bishop Paul Morton sings a song that says, Lord, whatever you are doing in this season, he says, please don't do it without me he says lord if you're healing in this season he said please don't do it without me and then he says lord if you're blessing and then he says blessing in this season he says don't do it without me now before i go into the core of the scripture just like to give you a little background on the book of Ecclesiastics as and its author, as Dr. Harris told you, it is a book about life and what life looks like without God in it. There is some discussions on the exact author, but everything seems to point to Solomon, the preacher and the teacher as the author. Who's better to tell you about the meaning of life than someone who has lived in an unprecedented way? That was Solomon, King David's son, who ruled Jerusalem. It's important that you know a little bit about Solomon in order to grasp the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon lived a lifestyle of the rich and famous. You see, he didn't want for anything. He was wise. All life desired money, power, and prestige. Solomon lived life how he wanted to live it. He lived life, some would say, on the wild side. Solomon's heart was not fully devoted to God. Does that sound like some of us? We are half in and sometimes we are half out. We 
do and sometimes we don't want to follow Christ fully. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If it becomes too much of a challenge, too much of a distraction, it is easy to say, well, God knows my heart. So I'm going, not going to go to church today. Uh, uh, I'm not going to pay tithes today. Uh, I'm not going to volunteer today. If we know that God knows our heart, that's the very reason we should be fully in with serving him. Amen, somebody. You see, as Solomon got older, he realized that all that stuff he did, all that power he had, and all that knowledge he acquired, life was still empty without God. Amen. Solomon experiences anticipated the truth of the words of the Lord Jesus. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. John 4, 13. You see, the water of this world, the frills and the thrills of this world cannot provide lasting satisfaction. I need y'all to hear me this morning. You see, the waters of the world and the frills and the thrills of this world cannot provide lasting satisfaction. But John in 4.14 says, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up in everlasting life. Solomon had lived the life he lived and he wanted to save us the trouble of looking for life purposes in all the wrong places. It's sort of like that old country song by Waylon Jennings, looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh, you got to find what you thought was love only to find out later it wasn't love that you found. Amen, somebody. Solomon is just trying to save us the trouble. You know, sort of like my mom, Mother Browning, sitting out there in the pews, used to try to tell my brother, Deacon Cunningham, and I. She used to tell us and my siblings when we would not listen, uh, not me, of course. Y'all know I was the good son. Amen, somebody. She back there just smiling. She used to tell us a hard head makes a soft behind. You see, she was speaking from wisdom and experience, trying to save us the heartaches and the headaches of some of life challenges. All Solomon was doing was trying to help us by preventing us from going down that same road of emptiness that he journeyed down. Solomon's sole point is that God has a plan and a purpose for all people, and that without God, life is worthless. So in chapter 3, verse 1, Solomon says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Solomon observed that there is a predetermined season, a fixed time, and a purpose for everything. So as my Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters would say, que sera, sera, translated, whatever will be, will be. You see, God has already set it up and set it in motion 
what Solomon is saying in a sense is stop worrying about what you have no control over. Worrying is going to get you an ulcer and a ride to the ER. Matthew 6.27 says, which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his nature, to his stature? Solomon is saying this in a sense, deal with it because it is part of your life journey. In the military, we used to say, suck it up and move out. Solomon does tell us that there are some things we can expect during our season. You see, Solomon gives us three things in this one verse. These three things helps us to stay grounded and surrounded. Can you hear me? Grounded and surrounded with the word of God in our season. The first thing that you can expect in your season is our seasons will change. Solomon is saying that if it is your season for trials and struggles and not your season for blessings, then count your struggles as a season uh, step towards your blessing season. Let me say that again for you just in case you miss it. Solomon is saying that if it is your season for trials and struggle and not your season for blessing, then count your struggle season as a step towards your blessing season. I, I, I need you to hear that because if you stay patient long enough, your season will change. Amen, somebody. That season will change on to the next season. But the problem with us, and I'm talking about me also, uh, uh, is that when we are in our season of struggle, when we find ourselves in a season we don't like, we want to circumvent the process. We want to jump the line and we want to change seasons early. You see, we want to come to somebody else's season because our seasons has gotten too hot or too cold or we're just tired of being in our season because it seems like our season is lasting forever and that there is no change in sight. So what do we do? We jump into someone else's or into a, another season. We move before God is ready for us to move. Uh, okay, let me break it down this way for my brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, ladies, I hear it all the time that there are no good men to be found anywhere. Uh, 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 for those ladies who don't have a man, you've been in a dry man season for two years and you've been asking God and praying to God for a godly man. Uh, you are tired of your dry man drought so you move prematurely out of your season and you get this brother that got D-O-double-G written all over his face. Uh, uh, I'm going somewhere with it. You see as you see it as biggest day your mama sees it your friends they see it your daddy see it and everybody tells you he ain't the one uh god still has you in your dry man season the thing about god is that he gives us the free will to change our plan god gives us free will uh but we can't change god's plan uh or, 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 or timeline. You see, God is grooming the godly man that you've been 
asking and praying about, but before God can send him your way, your dry man drought has superseded and overtaken, but badly mistaken God's choice for your choice of a godly man. Amen, somebody. Now that you got him, you would trade him in for the Mojave Desert in California to get back to your dry man drought. You can't get rid of him fast enough. Uh, you realize that it was not your season of change. God does not want us to just settle. Amen, somebody. Jeremiah 29, 11 reminds us that God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. If I got to settle, I'm selling it on God's plan. Amen, somebody. My brothers and sisters, pray and stay in your season until God moves you. Let me say that again. Stay and pray in your season until God moves you. Wait until your season change. How will you know? Well, Pastor Stevens, how would I know when my season changed? Well, the Holy Spirit will let you know when it's T-I-M-E for a seasonal change. But until then, we must stay in our season. Amen? Abraham and Abraham and his wife Sarah made the mistake of trying to change their season. You see, they tried to circumvent God's promise. It was not their season for a child. In Genesis 16 and 2, so Sarah S-A-R-A, I said to Abraham, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And as you know, uh, she didn't get any argument out of Abraham. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. But you got to understand, uh, it was not Sarah's season. But God kept his promise and Sarah became pregnant with the son that God promised her. Uh, this was after the fact that he had uh, slept with the other Sarah. There was some friction below. Uh, there was some friction before Sarah becoming with child and there was more friction afterwards because it is the firstborn child that takes and becomes heir and Sarah was not having it. Brothers and sisters, stay in your season and wait for the time to change. You see, this brings me to the second thing you can expect when you are in your season. Not only can you expect your season to change, but you can expect the timing of that change. So the second thing you can expect in your season is that time will dictate when it's time to change your season. You see, you, you see, you must use your time wisely while you are in your season because the clock is ticking. Timing is everything. Solomon is saying that there is a fixed time for everything. I, I heard a pastor say, I'd rather for you to waste my money than waste my time. You see, my brothers and sisters, you can get more money, but you can't get more time. Amen, somebody. 
You can acquire more money, but your time is limited to the days that God has predestined for you. Be mindful of your time. You see the word time in the text is used 30 times in verses 1 through 8. There's no mistake that Solomon uses time as another method of making his point that life is on a running clock. And if, and if we are using up our time for any other purpose than to serve God, then we have wasted our time and we can't get that time back. Listen, we only have 1,440 minutes in a day. We have 10,080 minutes in a week. And we have 524,160 minutes in a year. When those minutes are gone, we don't get those minutes back. Solomon is saying in your season, there will be change. But what Solomon is saying, that change will only occur in God's time. Amen. He is also saying, be prepared when the times come for the change. There will be a time for change during the season that you're in, but you don't want to pick up and move before it's time to move on. Imagine for me a moment, David, Jesse's son, going out to fight Goliath before his time. You see, David is a shepherd boy, had to wait and work as a shepherd boy, slaying a bear and a lion before slaying Goliath. You see, it was David's season, but it wasn't David's time. It was David's season, but it wasn't David's time you see he was in the slaying business but it was not his time to meet Goliath uh, uh, we can be in our season but the time is not yet to come for us to move or to act let me put it this way it is strawberry season but uh, what I notice when I drive by the strawberry fields that uh, uh, no one is picking in the fields where the strawberries are still green don't miss this now it is strawberry season but some of the strawberries are still green because although it is strawberry season it is not time to harvest the strawberries until their time is ripe that's r-i-p-e meaning mature amen somebody you see my brothers and sisters our season our life process toward maturity i don't want you to miss that our seasons of changes are life processes toward maturity you have to wait until it is your season and your time before moving i, I i'm gonna ask brother argo to put up uh, the picture of these two trees and give you a little history behind those if the first tree you see here is the tree in my yard as you can see uh the tree is not fully uh, bloomed yet with all the leaves and go ahead and put the other tree up now this tree here that you see is my neighbor's tree we have the same type of tree but every morning when I get up and look at my tree and it look like it's got the mange and I look across at my neighbor's tree and I see it fully blooming and then that's where the sermon came from because God reminded me even though my tree is in the changing season it is not my tree's time I in my yard I'm in 
my season uh, of change, but it's not time to change. I don't want you to miss it just because you're in the same season with somebody else and you see their change uh, and you don't see any change in your season yet. It's because it's not your time. Amen, somebody. You see, my tree is still shedding leaves, but have started to sprout new leaves. You see, God is still trying to remove things out of your life, even though you're in your season. Uh, he's still moving things out of your life. You're not fully matured to the point is he ready for you to be in full bloom yet. I don't want you to miss that. Both trees are in the same season, but their time for producing fresh leaves are different. We must wait on God's time even when we are in our seasons of production. What happens when we jump the gun in a race? You see, we get disqualified. Uh, amen, somebody. Fortunately for us, God does not disqualify us. Uh, we get another chance through the blood of Jesus Christ to get it right. Uh, uh, John 7 and 6 says, then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. But your time is always ready. Jesus is saying to the disciples that it is not my time to manifest or present myself to the world. It was not the time for Jesus, although Jesus was in the season. It was not the time for him to go to Jerusalem. You see, the season was right, but the timing was not. God is not going to move us from one season to the other without first making sure the timing is right. Let me say that again. God is not going to move you out of one season uh, to the next until he's sure the timing is right and we are ready to move to the next season. God's does not move by happenstance, meaning by accident, by fluke, or coincidence. There is a purpose in everything that God does which leads us to my third and final thing we can expect in our season, and that is purpose. You see, the third thing we can expect is there is a purpose for the season we find ourselves currently in. The scripture says that a time for every purpose under the heaven. In our seasons of change, in our earthly living, our purpose first and foremost is to serve God. Live for God if that is not the core of who we are and what we are about. Our seasons are going to be nothing more than a bunch of distractions, dissatisfaction, and sinful attractions. Let me say that again. And if that is not who we are, our seasons are going to be nothing to us but a bunch of distractions, dissatisfactions, and sinful attractions. Y'all remember the sermon from last week. Everything God does serves a purpose. Everything we go through serves a purpose for God. Amen. Let me say that everything that we go through serves a purpose for God. The glory and the glory of God. Everything that we go through serves a purpose for the glory of God. I, I don't think you hear me. Everything that we go through serves a purpose for the glory 
of God. I'm talking about diabetes and high blood pressure and losing a loved one and all the things that we go through. You're not going through your season just because it is your season. Joel did not go through his season for nothing. God got the glory from Joel's story. It's been told over and over over the past 2,000 years ago and we're still telling Joel's story today. What Solomon is saying is that when we are walking with God, our season that we are going through glorifies God. Amen, somebody. When we are walking with God, uh, our seasons that we are going through, God gets the glory. Amen, somebody. We have our own individual earthly purpose, but it does not trump God's purpose for our lives. Solomon is not saying don't live life. That's not what Solomon is saying. Solomon is not saying don't live God's life. What Solomon is saying, I, I need you to understand, we have our own individual earthly purpose, but it does not trump God's purpose for our lives. Solomon is not saying don't live life. Uh, to the contrary, he wants us to live uh, a life to the fullest. Uh, look what he says, I have lived life to the fullest and without God, and I am telling you uh, this, that life without God is, a, is empty and useless. Solomon is saying no, no matter what season we find ourselves in, just remember that it is not about us, but about God. Uh, we have to keep that in perspective. So when we find, uh, so when we find ourselves going through uh, one of the seven seasons of life, just remember this one thing that uh, in Ecclesiastes uh, uh, verse 11, God has made all things beautiful in his time. Amen. Somebody, here is the key to what Solomon is saying in chapters 1 and 3, like uh, 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 how uh, this commentary put it, put it uh, God has planted eternity in the heart. Uh, this means that we can never be completely satisfied with earthly pleasures and pursuits uh, because we are created in God's image. We have a spiritual thirst, my brothers and sisters. We have eternal values and nothing but the eternal God can truly satisfy us. I need you to know that God has built in us a desire for a perfect world that can only be found in a perfect God. I don't want you to, to miss that. You might have missed that. So let me say it uh, like this. We have a burning desire to go to heaven uh, where the streets are paved with gold. There will be no more crying there. There will be no more sickness there. There will be many mansions there for all God's children. God has placed in each of us the desire to want to go to heaven. You know, uh, uh, we celebrated Heritage Day back in February and we, we uh, had all of our seasoned members uh, recognize if you don't think that they've been through some seasons in their life. Uh, take, uh, life uh, take some time and sit down and talk with them. They are seasoned by experience. I think if you would ask Mother Patterson, she would tell you in her 80-plus years of living on this earth uh, that she has gone through some seasons. Uh, life has not been a bed of roses on this side of glory. I guarantee you if you were to speak to Deacon Brownie and ask him about a life uh, and his seasons, he would tell you that he has some 
trying seasons. He would tell you that he had some trying seasons, and he would tell you that he had some high seasons and some low seasons. As I get ready to close, I just want to remind you what the songwriter Norman Hutchison wrote in the lyrics are, it is your season to be blessed. Uh, he said, uh, God made you a promise and you stood the test. Uh, 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 he said, uh, he's going to open up a window and pour out a blessing. It is your season to be blessed. And then I like how he said it. He said, I'm blessed in the city. And then he said, I'm blessed in the fields. He said, I'm blessed going out and I'm blessed coming in. Uh, he's going to open up a window and pour you out a blessing. He said, it is your season to be blessed. And I love this last stanza. He said, I've been through the fire. I don't know about all of you, but I've been through the fire. And then he says, I've been through the blood. And then he says, but I'm still standing right here because of his blood. Let me say that again. Some of us have been through the fires and we've been through the floods, but we are standing right here because of the blood. I'm so glad that the blood of Jesus, I'm so glad that when things got rough, Jesus did not try to skip out of a bailout or check out of his season. Let me say that again. I'm so glad uh, when the things got rough, uh, Jesus did not try to skip out or bail out or check out of his season too early. Uh, they tell me they whipped Jesus all night long, but he stayed in his seasons. Uh, it was crucifixion season. We're coming up on that. My brothers and sisters, I'm so glad that he stayed in his season. Aren't you glad that Jesus stayed in his season? My brothers and sisters, uh, it is your season, whatever season you find yourself in. You need to count it all good. Uh, you need to count it all good because God will get the glory. Aren't you glad that Jesus stayed in the crucifixion season? Uh, they tell me they whipped him all night long and then they stretched him wide up on a cross, but he stayed in his crucifixion season. I'm so glad that my Jesus stayed on the cross during his season. And then they tell me they crucified my Jesus on that cross. And when they took him down and they put him in a borrowed tomb, they tell me that it was still his season. Uh, he was in the dying season. Uh, he was not in the resurrection season yet. He had to stay in the dying season for three days. But they tell me that third day, Sunday morning, his season change and when his season changed our seasons changed along with him he woke up got up stood up with all power in his hand aren't you glad that his season changed and jesus stayed in his season amen somebody